Just consistency, basically. That's just kind of the biggest thing I wanted at the beginning of the year is just to stay consistent and be that guy back there. Welcome to episode 170 of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast. I'm Joe McFarland. Gavin Logan is no stranger to the open road. Raised on a farm outside Oyen, he commuted to town as well as consort to play his minor ball before heading west to Okotoks to join Dogs Academy. Since then, he's played with the College Dogs, the West Coast League's Bend Elks, Southeastern Community College, Lynn Benton Community College, and he's now at the number two ranked NCAA Division I program, Oregon State. After what he admits was a tough first year with the Beavers where he had to battle for his playing time, the 5'11", 212-pound backstop is now the guy behind the plate, hitting 339 with two homers and 12 RBI in his first 13 games. We recently caught up with Logan to talk about the highs, lows, and what's still to come in his baseball journey. Gavin, thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. A great start to the college season with Oregon State. Let's start there. What's it been like being able to contribute like you have so far? Uh, it's been it's been amazing. It's kind of a dream come true in a sense, honestly. Uh, being here last year and not not getting the amount of opportunities that I've gotten this year so far. So grateful for that. And our team is, as you probably noticed, is pretty uh, pretty powerful offensively, and we're pitch it pretty well right now too so it's just been a lot of fun just being around the guys it's not even it's not even that we're um, it's awesome that we're doing well and everything but just being around the guys and we're just having a lot of fun and I think that's what's helping us win a lot of games right now on a personal level I've noticed uh, consistency seems to be a big part of your game so far it doesn't happen very often where you go hitless during a game so from a personal standpoint what's been key to your success so far uh, I think a lot of that success goes can contribute just from the kind of the work from the off season. I've worked a lot, a uh, lot with. Uh, I'm pretty sure you know who he is, uh, Darwin Barney, mm-hmm. one of our infield and hitting coaches. Uh, I hit with him just about every day before practice when I can, and he's a big, big guy on the consistency. And I don't know, it's just kind of always been something that I've wanted to work on. It's it's probably the hardest thing to do in the game of baseball is just be consistent at the plate. So and yeah, I just got to give a shout out to him because he really helped me out for that. He's good with the mental standpoint as well. From a defensive standpoint, what's been key to making sure that you're the reliable one behind the plate? Um, I think that's just kind of been my mentality, kind of my, my whole life. Honestly, I've always been like a catch first kind of guy. I've never really thought of myself as an offensive catcher, but I mean, that I've always wanted that to kind of come along, but uh, just our just work with our other guy, Tanner Smith. He's really good with that stuff and working with him. And then our our head coach, too, he's he was a catcher as well. Mitch Canham, I work with him just about before every game as well, too. So just kind of staying with a little routine between every between every game, right before every game and just kind of during the midweeks and whatnot. You recently named a Canadian Baseball Network Player of the Week. What's it mean to you to be recognized for your performances, not just from them, but at any level? Oh, it's obviously a huge honor. Um, 
it's kind of something that you just kind of kind of, I don't want to say push to the side, but it's, de it's definitely something that's really cool, but you just try not, not to let it get to your head or anything. <laughs> that's just kind of what, how I kind of go about it. I was like, yeah, that's, it's really nice to see that and really nice to hear all like the congratulations and whatnot. But sometimes you just kind of got to be brought down to earth and I can probably, probably say my dad's probably the best at doing that one. <laughs> I might have to get into that a little bit later on. Uh, <laughs> Baseball America as well just releases top 25 colleges list and Oregon State's number two. From the team perspective here, what's the feeling in the dugout right now, given the success you've had? Uh, it's, we're kind of been the same the whole time. Honestly, we, we obviously know that we're kind of, we're hot right now, but we expect to, we kind of expect to win every single game. And even the games we've lost so far, there's been just little, little parts of it that we obviously could have done a lot better and we would have won those games and we should be undefeated right now, obviously. And that's our mentality and that's going to be the mentality going forward. So it's a pretty, pretty locked in group to say the least. Mm -hmm. Do you guys pay attention to rankings at all? Do you have expectations? Like you said, you expect to be undefeated, but do you have expectations on where you sit nationally or do you just kind of cast that all aside and say, we're just going to take care of business? Yeah. Like we'll, we'll see it and whatnot. Maybe talk about it for five minutes, but that's not something that we really focus on, I guess, as a group, it's just kind of go out and do our job and take care of our own business type thing. We don't really get too locked into that because as you probably know, college baseball, that doesn't really matter. Sometimes there's teams that aren't even close to being in rankings, beating teams in the top 10 some days, and it's crazy. Mm. And speaking of, how do you keep things rolling here? Because you know that the competition's only going to get more challenging as weeks progress, especially knowing that teams are taking note of where you are in the standings. I just, I just think just continue to just stay locked in with our guys and just kind of not really focus too much on who's on the other side of the field, just kind of doing our own thing. And yeah, that's pretty much what I got. Mm -hmm. On a personal level, do you have any expectations of yourself or any goals that you'd like to hit in terms of numbers, stats, that kind of thing? Or do you just hope to remain that steady body behind the plate and, and be a key contributor offensively? Yeah, just consistency. Basically, that's just kind of the biggest thing I've wanted at the beginning of the year is just to stay consistent and be that guy back there. Um, if I stay consistent, everyone, everyone else can stay consistent. That's puts us in a really good spot as a team and just for the road to come. Mm -hmm. You've definitely had quite the journey, speaking of roads <laughs> and to get here, but let's start at the beginning here. You're the native of Oyen, Alberta or just outside. Tell us a little bit about growing up near that community, what the baseball scene was like while you're growing up and how you got involved in the game. <laughs> I think I was like, I think I started, I don't, I don't even remember when I started. I was probably four or five, I think. I started T-ball like a year younger. And then from memory, all I can really remember is playing a couple years in Oyen before I went and played up in uh, Veteran Alberta with East Central. I think we were, the first year that I started there, we were double underage Mosquito mm -hmm. or something like that. And we were playing guys like four years older than me which was kind of crazy to think now. I didn't really think about it too much then, but the first couple of years where we didn't play a whole lot just because we were so young, but you know, that was that played a huge role in the developing just the sense of baseball and just kind of enjoying it. Um, I played there for, I don't know, nine, 10 years, I think. Mm -hmm. 
until I think my last year was first year midget and then went to Okotoks after that. Were you a multi-sport athlete growing up or was base, was it all baseball all the time from the beginning? Actually, I liked hockey until I was about 12, more, quite a bit more than baseball, actually. And then I kind of told my dad the one the one year before we were about to start playing baseball. I was like, hey, dad, like, I don't know like if I really like baseball that much anymore. Like, I may, maybe want to, like, play summer hockey or spring hockey. And he obviously uh, was not a big fan of that. And I told him <laughs> that. And he said eventually he understood and was like, okay, if you don't like baseball after this year, we can – take on other options and well, yeah, I played other sports as well. I played pretty much just about every school sport when I was younger, but uh, yeah, no, then that year I kind of developed a much more higher love for the game there. And after that, I knew I didn't want to play hockey anymore. It's an unbelievable changeover from like a pro perspective. Did you have a team favorite team growing up, a favorite player growing up? Who's your, who was uh, adorning the walls of your bedroom? Uh, I was a big fan of Buster Posey. Uh, me and my cousin and my grandpa, my mom and my auntie went there to San Francisco in like 2011. Mm-hmm. I think, I think that's when he had his big knee injury. So he didn't actually get to see him play, but I was always a big fan of Buster Posey. He's, I don't know. I just kind of just the way he went about it, even though now that he's retired, which is, mm-hmm. which kind of sucks, but he's definitely a big part of why I, really enjoyed catching and how I kind of modeled myself after a little bit. Eventually, as you mentioned, you ended up at Okotoks with Dogs Academy. Uh, how did that opportunity all come about in the first place? Um, I think I was, uh, I think I was 15 and we were at the, I think it's called the, the zone tournament. I don't know if they still have it actually, mm-hmm. but it was in Okotoks and I was playing for, I was in zone two, my like area zone two, but, and that is the Okotoks zone, but they moved us to zone one, which is like Medicine Hat and Lethbridge because they didn't have enough guys. And me and my cousin played on that team and, um, Val, uh, Heldobler, mm-hmm. he talked to us, to me and my cousin once after one of the games. And then Tyler Hall had talked to me after one of the games, me and my cousin, we were kind of a package deal type thing actually. <laughs> and then, um, and then it was just kind of a choice between where we wanted to go. We knew we wanted to go play baseball somewhere. So we were trying to decide if we should go to the Vauxhall or Okotoks. And eventually we just decided that we want to go to Okotoks. It's just a, it was a better fit for us. And we had kind of, uh, lined up like a host family and everything and everything was just kind of going to work out that way better. So, that's what we decided to do after our first year of midget. Any favorite memories or highlights from your time there? Uh, <laughs> hmm, there's a lot of them. I would say probably uh, winning. We won a big, perfect game tournament down in Indianapolis one year. I was, uh, I think that was when I was in the 11th grade. So that was that was my first year down there with, uh, I don't know, Tyler McWillie and and uh, my cousin and all those other guys and. It was just a, it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. When you think back on that program, what did it mean to you in your development, not just as a ball player, but obviously as a human being as well? Oh, it definitely, well, mostly just being away from home. I think that's, that definitely pushed me a lot more than what would have happened if I was still at home with my parents. You kind of have to learn to grow up just because 
you're just kind of by yourself. Like, yeah, I had family friends, so I stayed with them, my cousins still, and my parents weren't that far away, only three hours, but just, you just kind of have to learn to grow up. And then with the, with the coaches there, they do an unbelievable job with just developing you as a young man and just kind of learning your responsibilities when you're that young is it's definitely something that it's tough to do. And it's obviously not for everybody, but I honestly really benefited from it just as a person. I won't even talk about the baseball part of it because they did so much for me for baseball, but just growing up as a person. From there was off to Southeastern and Lynn Benton prior to the pandemic. What did you take away from those two experiences? Uh, they're, they're actually very different experiences. Um, I basically went to Southeastern because of a couple guys that I played with at the academy there. And I thought it was, thought it was going to be a, a really fun time. And we, I committed there in January or February or something like that of my grade 12 year high school. And I was really excited for it. And I get there and it was, it was definitely something that I wasn't really expecting. I knew college was going to be a lot different than high school. And it was just, it was kind of had an older coach and he was very old school. Mm -hmm. uh, I played a lot. I won't take anything away from that. I played a lot of games in, I don't know. I played 60 games. I got caught like 51 of those and yeah, DH a couple. And so nothing against that, but, and we were a really good team and we played a lot of good teams. So I credit that and a lot of development, but it just the, just the atmosphere and like the, the way it was coached just really wasn't for me. Um, and then going to Lynn Benton after that, which was completely different with how the coaching was and just the, the guys that were around, like I was the only Canadian on the team and they'd never had a Canadian on the team. It was <laughs> kind of an eye opener for them and an eye opener for me because no one knew how I talked a little different. Mm -hmm. And, but yeah, no, the coaches at Lynn Benton though, that year were, were amazing and basically, basically got me here because there was three former Beavers that coached me there. And two of them are actually here now. One's the director of operations and one is our player development coach, cool. which is crazy to think, but, and the other guys just down the road still, cause it's only 15 minutes away. So mm -hmm. I see them quite, quite often. And obviously prior to the pandemic as well, you managed to come back home for a little bit and be part of that 2019 WCBL championship team. Looking back on that, what was so special about that team? I think just the, the contribution from everybody was crazy. Like we had guys coming and going all the time. Uh, it was, it was kind of wild. There's only maybe like a handful of us that were there for, from the from game one till the very end, mm -hmm. which was kind of crazy to think just the amount of depth that they brought in at just the most random times was kind of crazy. But I mean, it was, it was a really, really fun summer. I had a great time and I was kind of always a, I dream of mine to bring a championship back or help bring a championship back to Okotoks after that 10 year drought there, after hearing the coaches just continuously talk about it over and over after being there for a couple of years. <laughs> well, that's the crazy part too. I assume it's, it's even that much more special given that when you're an Academy kid, you're kind of sitting there. I know you're doing the 50 fifties and you're doing all that kind of thing. You kind of dream of one day being able to suit up for the college team. And not only that, be able to do it in front of the hometown crowd and win a championship. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was a great experience. It was, it was a lot of fun pandemic hits you have your set sight on uh, Oregon State what was it about that program that made you want to go there in the first place 
It's a pretty loaded question, but I'll stick, I'll stick to some simple answers. Uh, basically, just the history of this place is it's next to it's there's no one better honestly there's no place better than this it's like just the history they've had with winning national championships in the past 20 years um the history they've had with catchers the success that they've had is just incredible uh, like i said earlier our head coach was a catcher here he was a supplemental first rounder in like 2007 mm-hmm. and of course uh, the number one overall pick a couple years ago abdi rutschman so that's some good stuff there. If you think when you're a catcher coming in, you just kind of like, Oh crap. Like they, they know what they're doing with that position. Like you want to go there to develop yourself and to give yourself the best shot at the next level. Um, and then just, uh, when I was at Lynn Benton, I just kind of really, really fell in love with Oregon. It's just a beautiful state where I'm at. It's green all the time. A lot different than where I'm from out in the middle of nowhere in Alberta (laughs) where it's always Brown, but yeah, no, it's just it's just a really nice place. The weather's always really nice, and the school and the coaching staff and the guys they re- really recruit guys that are that want to be here for the right reasons, and they're just good people. Mm-hmm. So there's never really been any issues with any teammates or any coaches. It's just it's been a really enjoyable experience. Did it help having a few familiar faces along for the ride as well? You had Micah and Caesar for a little bit there. You've also had some guys who went to Oregon who played with you at, uh, in Oak Tokes as well. So there's a, an air of familiarity, I get the sense. That definitely helped out. Um, when I was at Lynn Benton, I knew they were over here. That was their first year over here. And I definitely got some insight on kind of what went over, what went on over here with the new head coach as that was uh canham's first year and i didn't really like that was definitely this was definitely somewhere i always wanted to go when i heard that caesar committed here when he was in the 10th grade i was like oh that place is that place is pretty good he's pretty good so mm-hmm. but yeah no it's definitely definitely helped out like knowing a couple guys and there's uh justin thorsonson from mm-hmm. langley i didn't know him before but he's another canadian that's just kind of keeps the connection going since you've been there, you've been able to learn from a pretty good group of coaches, as you've mentioned. Uh, you have Mitch. You also mentioned Darwin Barney as well. What's that coaching staff meant to you in your development, especially going from sort of the playing every so often last year to being the full-time guy this year? Our our coaching staff is like, it's just next. There's, I don't even know. I can't even put it into words. It's so much fun being around all of them, even the guys that I haven't mentioned. Um just it's just so much fun to be around just every day going to the field there's no you never know what's what's going to be talked about or what's going to happen it's just kind of just keeps it light even though it's in a it's a very professional setting like there's no it's not really an old school type of feel kind of if you mess up you're going to run yourself into the ground it's kind of like if you mess up you're going to learn from it you might not like how you learn from it but you're going to learn and he's going to talk to you about it or any, any of them are going to talk to you about it. Um, but yeah, no, the coaching staff, they're all, they're all really, really good. They all played or most of them all played together actually, which is crazy to think about, but they have a lot of chemistry amongst each other. And then they're just really good at communicating with us as well as players. There's a feeling that I have in that uh, you speak a little bit about the, the atmosphere in the dugout being about family. And one of the things that uh, we alluded to earlier on and I haven't touched upon yet is the legit family. You've mentioned your cousin and getting to kind of be the package deal with him for a while, but uh, your dad as well. How much of baseball is a family affair to you? 
Uh, it's <laughs> it's basically like a it's like a second second family type thing. Uh, we basically well, at Elkatoks actually we talked about before I even we even really got going over there that it's like a brotherhood, mm-hmm. and that's very very similar to here. It's like a brotherhood, and it doesn't matter if you were here right now when I'm here or if you're here ten years ago. We're all brothers now, and you're all a part of the family. And if someone needs something, then someone's probably going to step up and help you out when you're at a point where you need a little bit of help. It's kind of it's just like a whole everyone everyone around you is just there for you and you're there for them so it's a pretty tight-knit program how cool was it to be able to play alongside your cousin one and two uh from your dad's perspective how integral has he been uh and the rest of your family been in terms of your baseball journey and and getting to where you're at now oh it's been it's been crazy (laughs) they've really been a big part of it uh of course me and my cousin kind of going everywhere together played on pretty much every team we ever played with like together growing up it was kind of kind of crazy how we always followed each other around um but that was that was probably the the biggest part it was kind of kind of cool always knowing someone on a new team that maybe we got picked up well the one year we got picked up for uh bantam um triple a westerns in manitoba with uh spruce grove and you're always going to know somebody and it's just something different when I went to college and we kind of went our separate ways. That was definitely something that was kind of tough to overcome. And it was just a lot different going forward with that. But yeah, no, my dad has still been a big part of it as well. Even when I went to Oak Tokes, still not coaching me anymore. And then the one year at East Central, he didn't coach me, but he's always been on kind of just the back of my head and just kind of follow me around and kind of taking in all the information from him when I was younger. And now he takes a lot of information from me to pass on my little brother as well. So it's kind of, kind of a weird little chain that mm-hmm. goes around. <laughs> Very cool. Uh, as you've gone about your journey here, you've probably had a few highlights. Any favorites that you have? <laughs> I probably, the most recent one would be just kind of being the guy this year is something that I've always wanted to be. I I got a school like this. I've always wanted to play a lot of games and hopefully win a national championship for a team like this would be the most amazing thing to do. Um, Biggest memory is probably last year from Oregon State is when I hit my home run here against Santa Clara. It was something that kind of, kind of overtook me with emotion a little bit because I wasn't playing a whole lot and I had COVID for a couple of weeks and I wasn't around the team and something to just, come back and just randomly hit a ball out out of nowhere and <laughs> it's kind of something that's really cool for me um another big uh memory would probably just just winning that uh for okotoks in 2019 was just absolutely astonishing to me it was it was so much fun and i wouldn't I wouldn't take it for us. It was really, it was really fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, conversely, what's maybe been the biggest challenge or hurdle that you've had to overcome over your journey? I think last year, probably uh, I've always kind of, a lot of guys are always the guy coming out of high school and I didn't know what it was going to be like when I went to Southeastern and uh, I kind of took me by shock a little bit uh, when I was the guy and played every single game. And then I went to Lynn Benton and it was the same thing. And then I came here, and it, I wasn't, and it was something that a lot of guys like really struggle with. And I myself struggle with it as well. Cause there was two guys in front of me that were 
one year older and two years older than me. And I just didn't, I kind of just put my head down and tried to work myself through it and try and beat them out. And that didn't happen. So I just kind of had to kind of take a deep breath and reflect on what I can do better and just kind of wait for my, my opportunity to do my best. And that's, that was probably the hardest thing is just kind of sitting back and observing and trying to learn from what went on in front of me last year. That's definitely been the biggest thing to overcome. Mm -hmm. Just a couple more questions for you, Gavin, before we let you go. When you come back home and you have that opportunity to chat with younger players, players who are just starting out on their journeys, that kind of thing, and you get to talk to them about what it takes to get to that next level, get that college deal or, or beyond, what's your biggest piece of advice that you give to them? I'd say the first, first thing is, and everyone says it, take care of your school stuff. So if you don't take care of your school stuff, it translate in, translates into onto the field. When we don't take care of your school stuff as well, it, it, it hurts you. You can't go to certain places that you want to go. I've seen it happen to a few of my, few of my buddies, and it's just, it's just really, it's really hard to kind of swallow that pill when you can't go somewhere to play baseball because of something to do with school or maybe there's some other outlying reason. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Other stuff happens, obviously, but definitely just kind of taking care of what you can take care of and controlling what you can control is, is something that I've really learned from being here and just kind of throughout the, my baseball career so far is controlling what you can control. And when you outwork someone, you may, you still may not get the, get the spot, but it'll be coming eventually. And you just kind of got to trust your process. Mm -hmm. Final question for you here. What does the game of baseball mean to you? <laughs> that's a, it's a pretty good question. Uh, it's basically my life so far. I've kind of, I actually was thinking about a few weeks ago that, well, like kind of what would my life be like without baseball? And I honestly, I have a few, a few little things that I could say, but it's basically, basically like sponsored my whole life. I probably wouldn't, I probably wouldn't have went to school in the U S if it wasn't for baseball, I wouldn't have like, a crazy amount of friends that I would never have met without baseball. And it's just kind of something that you just kind of have to take a, take a step back at sometimes and just kind of just say thanks for it because it's actually incredible how many people and what you can do with the sport of baseball and how it teaches you about life itself. So it's been amazing. Fantastic stuff. I'm glad that you're able to soak it all in as well. Uh, Gavin, really appreciate the time. Congratulations on all the success you've had to this point. Continued success going forward. And thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks again to Gavin Logan for joining us this week. And thanks to all of you for downloading and listening. If you haven't already, leave us a rating and review on your app of choice as those actions help spread the word about us. We'd like to take a moment to spread the word about our two platinum supporters. The Okotoks Dogs are gearing up for another run at a WCBL championship, which will also include hosting the league's all-star game in July. Make sure to check out their schedule and much more at dogsbaseball.ca. And AHP Academy is back in action for the spring season, already traveling to Kelowna for a few games. They have a jam-packed schedule coming up as well. Head to ahpbaseball.com for more. Until next time, thank you for all of your support, no matter the platform of Alberta Dugout Stories.